If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. <laughs> wow, we are musicians. And uh, you know what we really should do is we should write a sonata for dishwasher. Right. We should probably watch, we should probably write some sort of piece that involves two idiots doing what we just did with the dishwasher in the background. Oh, wait a minute. That's happening now, except we're not writing it down. Uh, we should probably... Re- well, we're recording it so we can transcribe it later. Yeah. I see this as an absolute victory. Sure. You know what this is like? I don't know if you've seen the uh, the internet meme of the father-son duo where the son is the drummer and the father is the uh, plays vari- various melodic instruments. But no. The, but the drums are played by the son by smashing the um, door to the oven... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just made me think of that for some reason. So, I'm sure I overblew the channel strip by saying bah. You know what? It's okay. okay. I'll go go back. You know what? If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Yeah. It's just extra work for me at the end. Well, that's not really my concern now, is it? (laughs) I am a terrible person. I'll just go ahead and say it. Hey, speaking of... Well, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here on How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osa Foundation Incorporated. Oh, we're starting the podcast. No, this has all been going. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This is what we always... This is how this works. This is how this always works. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of November. The year is 2019. So glad you're with us. Across the way, our good friend, the producer engineer, the the other part of this sonata, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. And recapitulation. <laughs> As he pushes his glasses up. It's like doing play-by-play. I have to paint the picture with the words. Yes. So Thank you. No, that's, don't mention it. That's why we're here. Right. A big happy birthday goes out to our good friend Todd, who turns 30 today on the 15th of November. Oh, that's nice. So, but yeah, that's all right. He doesn't listen. He doesn't know how to listen, let alone read. So it's okay. Like me. Exactly. Reading is tough. Well, I can reading. listen. You can listen. That's more yeah. than he does. Okay. So let's just make fun of him on his birthday. I'll let you do I'll do that. it. I'll do it all. I've known him since we were five. I think I have carte blanche to do that. Anywho, uh, as always, you can get in touch with the show, our website, osipfoundation.org. The email address for the show is podcast at osipfoundation.org. On social media, we've got facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Remember, on the website, you can always submit your stories of sportsmanship, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, we would love to talk about them. Uh, we've had a couple of people do that already, and we've uh, had great success with that. Or in the words of Borat, great success. And um, it's hot in here, huh? Is it? Uh, or is that just me? <laughs> okay. Full circle. Full circle. So anyway, uh, we got some stuff to get to today. You know, we've been looking at some things uh, for past couple the past couple of weeks. 
and uh, we wanted to uh, bring this stuff up on the show, but so much has been happening that was quite, kind of uh, you know relevant to what was happening at the time in in sports and whatnot that we had to address that stuff without going into God knows how many what how many things. And um, so finally, we're, we've decided to do this show with uh, the focus on this one particular topic that we've been kind of planning for a little bit of time. So, uh, Sean, you were the genius with the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ollie, I would like it if you would provide our listeners with kind of a broad introduction of what it is that we're going to do and start uh, leading us sure. down this path. So, in preparation for previous podcasts, I say for the past, I would say maybe two or three podcasts. More or less, yes. I was running across some articles about obviously current events that was happening at the time, the World Series. And the playoffs. And, and the playoffs. All, all baseball playoffs. But yeah, yes, end, of, yeah, end of season baseball. Yeah. And um, two of the articles that I found, one dealing with uh, trash being thrown on the field and the other dealing with was it the um was it, it wasn't the anxiety of uh i think that granky i think that i think that may have been it um let me re- reference both of those the articles sure. just to and be, just to, to be sure to to complement what you were saying didn't we also have a couple of things from a previous episode like uh, the the bartolo cologne uh, incident that yes, was from that from was another well. one that I yeah, forgot so, to say. So we've got we've had a fair amount of um, items that have all been on this show or in preparation for this show that came from the same source, and that source is BroBible.com. Okay. So at the very beginning, um, if you can recall. Um, Years ago, on our first podcast, and you might have to think, and if I quote Lewis Black, you may have to nap a while. Uh, I'll just go to sleep until you wake me up. But, uh, hey, that's my line. Um, I see what you did there. So, in the very first episode, we talked about uh, the five, well, originally four aspects of, of different types of people that sportsmanship can affect. The player, the coach, the official, and the fan. Right. But I came up with a fifth one called the media. Mm-hmm. So sportsmanship can definitely affect the media and the other way around. As evidence, as both Jack and I have seen in these articles by Bro Bible, but not only Bro Bible, but other sources similar to right. Bill Bible, which we'll get into. Um, so I suggest we start with sort of recapping brief, very briefly the articles on Bro Bible that we came across that we came across and just to see if we can and I and I want the listeners to really pay attention to see if they can come up with some sort of pattern. Right. Because that's really kind of what this is all about is to, to, to see what the problem is and to just kind of discuss it mm-hmm. in an open forum. Right. So the first one that I found, I'm going in chronological order, is oh, the, the, disres- the disrespectful, dangerous, unsafe, scary Yankees fans. Okay. So, uh, and this was the, 
Um, or as we call ourselves, Yankees fans. Right. Uh, but the uh, just the the throwing trash on the field, um, and during I think it was during the playoffs during the ALCS I was it, it when I they were playing Houston? Yes. Yeah. So um, so Ast- Astros outfielder Josh Reddick mm-hmm. um, went in according, and this is I'm quoting. The source, Bro Bible here. Take Houston's Astros outfielder Josh Reddick, for example, who went full-blown crying in the corner softy when discussing the behavior of some New York Yankees fans during Game 3 of the ALCS on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. And this is in reference to Yankees fans throwing trash on the field at the outfielders. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... Well, let me back up. <laughs> um, first of all, throwing trash and littering, that's bad in and of itself. It has nothing to do with sportsmanship. It has nothing to do yeah, with sportsmanship, yeah. right? So you, you have to sort of take responsibility as a fan of the sport because there is such a thing as being a bad fan. Right. Um, we had talked about in the first episode, again, harking back to the first episode, that a good fan not only supports their team, but respects the other. Right. And is knowledgeable of the sport and makes an attempt to be there to, of, of course, root for their own team, but... For entertainment. Right. It's entertainment. You're cheering for your team, not against the other team. Right. Not not being demonstrative against officials. Right. You are you know, you are trying to understand what's going on, you're trying to be entertained, and you are doing so, so in a respectful manner that does not demean or berate other people who may not be associated fully with the team that you were supporting. More or less. Yeah. And Throwing trash on the field at the opposing team's outfielders does not fall under that under description. that description. Yeah. So that in and of itself is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I think I think we see with the pattern that we're going to we're hinting at the well, pattern that we're going right. to start to see here. Yes. Do you want to do you want to flip to the next article and read them kind of something similar that maybe our listeners can pick up on this pattern? Yeah, sure. So I didn't send you the Bartolo, Bartolo Cologne. Well, I remember it from God knows how long ago. Um, oh, you know what it was? What's that? It wasn't the um, it wasn't the Granky. Okay. It was the when uh, Yadu, Yadier Molina. Oh, the Molina one. The, the throat yep. slash. Yep. Um, Read us a snippet from that article. So, again, from Bo, Bro, Bro, Bro Bible. Bible. It's not the I easiest thing to say. I can't say it. You can't hear it. So. I, I can't read. Yeah. So, it's amazing that I'm doing this now. Um, it is. Actually. So, I'll read the beginning of the article okay. in, in case you missed it. 
and it is baseball related, so it's certainly possible. Cardinals catcher Yadier Molina hit a walk-off sacrifice fly in the 10th inning to give St. Louis a 5-4 win over the Atlanta Braves in Monday's Game 4 of the National League Division Series. Molina also drove in the game's tying run in the 8th inning and now has 33 RBI and now has 33 RBIs in the season, putting him into a tie for sixth on the list of active players. None of that, however, is what baseball purists are talking about on Tuesday. What they want to discuss with anyone who will listen, mostly other baseball purists. So already there's there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Continue. Is the fact that after hitting his game winner, Molina flipped his bat into the record into the record books, launching it into the outfield, then gave the throat slash sign as he celebrated on the field. And then they quote, they say, damn it, Yachty, don't you know both of those things are in direct violation of the unwritten rules of baseball? This is exactly what in obviously being sarcastic. Right. This is this is they're making a mockery of right. this. This is exactly what Yadier Molina lives for. This is what he trains for, Cardinals manager Mike Schilt said at the post-game press conference. Yadier Molina, Yadier Molina is about winning and winning championships, period. This guy's a Hall of Famer, said Braves manager Brian Snitker uh, after the game. And he hits, hits, hints to the situ- hits to the situation stays within himself, doesn't try to do too much. So he's saying good things right. about his player, which is fine. Well, he, well, that's Schilt who's saying good things about the opposing player. Yeah. And, and um, right. I'm, and, no, I'm sorry. Schilt's saying good things about his player and mm-hmm. Snickers saying, saying good things, things about the opposing, opposing player. <laughs> sorry, I got caught up by you not being able to human. I know. It's so, really difficult. Yeah. Um, so he, he plays the game in front of him. As, he plays the game uh, in front of him probably about as good as anybody else in the game. But but the bat flip and the throat slash, what about the feelings of the baseball purists? Don't they matter anymore? People are seriously butthurt, you guys. That's from Burrow Bible. That is not... I guess we have to uh, say that this uh, podcast is for mature audiences only now. Butthurt? Well, that could be the catalyst in some of the things that I found. Yeah. So... Okay. Um, so, I mean... The pattern. Right. If I may... Yes. Is that this particular site, regardless of the author, they are publishing articles with a tone of sarcasm, of of being grotesquely facetious, of making it very clear that the opinion of the author is meant to, at the very least, poke fun Mm -hmm. in a satirical manner at a particular topic. But in reality, they are doing so in a way that really stokes the flames of conflict and brings up a point of view that is very detrimental towards just normal civil living mm-hmm. okay they are they're they're using words and phrases and sentences that are loaded in a manner that, be, that becomes very hurtful yeah. very aggressive right very uh immature if you will and i think the point that we're trying to make here is that bro bible like Many similar sites, we think of Barstool Sports as a very similar one, uh, 
Which we talked about briefly yes. before. Uh-huh. I believe it was about a year ago because mm-hmm. they, uh, Liz Gonzalez had that whole thing come out when the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in the 2018 playoffs. Right. Okay. And the point being that Bro Bible is yet another site that is trying to appeal to the toxic masculinity that is cultivated inside men by the, for lack of a better term, sins of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And I'm using that somewhat facetiously as kind of a poking fun at this whole thing because... I I would say, honestly, barbaric is more appropriate because, I mean, this is... It's just flat out stupid. Yeah, it is. It's playing I, 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 on. It's it's playing on the uh, the temptations of the average male, straight mm-hmm. male, mm-hmm. Uh, and and the various things that society has told them they should desire. Right. Okay. And the things that appeal to the male uh, brain, if you will, mm-hmm. based upon you know some sort of mix of natural biology and societal they uh, watch sports so they must be like this right you know that there's that cookie cutter mentality all males must be like this because they all watch sports and they'll 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 identify with this right exactly well basically if you look at brobible.com okay uh the categories at the top uh, for their various news sections say in this order culture sports gear style fitness success huckberry which is which i think is their shop mm-hmm. but um the idea being that men according to bro bible uh desire to excel in uh in knowledge of culture uh, in in knowledge of sports and fandom, in acquiring material goods, hence the gear, mm-hmm. and looking their most stylish to mm-hmm. fit in. Right. Okay, fitness obviously means that their their physical appearance must be in tip top shape, and success obviously appeals to the the acquisition of wealth. Mm-hmm. So they're basically playing into every single stereotype of the things that society tells the average alpha male that they must acquire in order to be mm-hmm. successful, in order to be on the top of their game. I mean, just look at the name, Bro right. Bible. Exactly. Like, it's completely negating you know? and ignoring the deeper things in life. It's a very superficial look at the things that we can temporally acquire in this life. Right. You know, they're measuring success by... Uh, how big is your house? How much money is in your bank account? Mm-hmm. What kind of a car do you drive? What kind of a watch do you wear? What kind of a job do you have? How hot is your wife? Right. You know, basically all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How many sexual partners have you had? Yeah. And, and so on and so forth. Um, now, on the flip side of it, mm-hmm. you know, it's to some extent. How do people look at this? Do they look at this as a source of entertainment? Do they read this? Do, do, does does some of the audience possibly read this knowing that it's dumb, but they just read it for, you know, uh, for entertainment purposes? Well, their tagline is Bro Bible, products and stories to make your life more chill. 
Right, so well, if you're, so if you're, I don't know, but, but I say that you, because you see what I'm saying. I see what though? you're saying. No, and the reason I give that tagline there is because according to that tagline, that might mean that their, you know, their 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 surface intent is to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. But what they don't seem to realize is that their brand of entertainment, and you know, as you dig a little deeper beyond just that tagline, uh, appeals to stereotypical male fantasies uh, and goals that are pre- presented in ways that are detrimental mm-hmm. that, that as evidenced by the, the, the words and the vocabulary used uh, in those stories that you shared mm-hmm. okay calling Josh Reddick you know the softy full out crying in the corner is a prime example of, of poor sportsmanship in the mm-hmm. media yep okay that does not objectively report what happened. And that's, I think, the next step to this discussion, is that mm-hmm. when you look at the media for the purposes of reporting the news, telling a story, whether it has to do with sports or not, the idea is that it's meant to be objective. It's meant to, te- to report on the story, on the news, without spinning it a certain way. Okay, so if you watch your local news at night, you know, your six o'clock news, your 11 o'clock news on whether it's your local ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, whatever. Okay, CW does it doesn't matter. The odds are they are reporting the news in a way that is literally just telling you what happened. They are not giving you a spin on it as if they were color commentators offering their personal opinion, dissecting it in a way for you to make it easier to understand. That's what editorials are for. That's what the editorial is for, but the editorial nowadays is being done in a way that completely spins it to fit the narrative of the company or the author, mm-hmm. okay? Hence why we have the cable news networks, the 24-hour news cycles that play on fear to attack the opposition regardless of side in order to say the most important thing here is to show that I am right and that my opponent is wrong mm-hmm. regardless of the narrative, right. okay? And what's happening here is bro bible is completely negating the idea that they are meant to uh tell a story and report the news and instead doing so in what they believe is an entertaining way to try and spin off an opinion the problem is that when it comes to bro bible when it comes to barstool when it comes to these people the opinions that they are offering are being done so in a way that basically does not challenge the individual to make up their own mind. Okay? And that's the problem. It's being force-fed. Very much so. When a color commentator, whether it's in sports or whether it's in politics or whatever the topic may be, offers information in order to try and break it down and make it easier to understand, the good ones, the ones who are worth their salt still remain objective, but they provide information to the listener or to the viewer or to the reader in a way that makes it, uh, that still says to them, you still get to make up your own mind. Let me help you do that by making it easier. If we, if we think about sports commentators and the color commentators, that's the difference between David Cohn and Paul O'Neill. David Cohn is worth his weight in gold as 
a color commentator because what he's doing is not telling his viewers how to think. He's providing more and more statistics and more and more insight into what he's seeing on the field or with these teams and whatnot and allowing the viewer to make up their own mind. Paul O'Neill, on the other hand, force feeds the viewers with negative information towards umpires, towards people who basically don't allow him to get his way. And that's where Bro Bible and Barstool fall. Yeah. You're looking at me like, no, you know. I'm, I, it's funny because it's true. Yeah. If you look at, you know, taking a step back, if you look at the academic setting mm -hmm. and, you know, how one of the things that I was taught while I was in college and in high school how to write a quality research paper is to not interject your opinion. It's supposed to be just presenting facts and analyzing, right? Mm -hmm. With, you know, sources cited and all that. You can come up with your own conclusion based on what facts are presented, but that's your conclusion based on evidence, right? Right. You don't go into it saying, I feel this way, right? Correct. You, you, that's not how research papers are written. And this sort of, I mean, explains a lot about, I guess, the degeneration of news sources and the integrity of, of being neutral um, because of articles like this and because of news stories that, you know, that come out like this where in the very first sentence <laughs> you're saying Reddick is a softy. Right. And you're, you're, you're not you're even you're violating. not you're not even giving a chance you're not even giving the the readers a chance to let the story unravel you are just immediately interjecting right this opinion without first telling us the story what kind of thought does that put into the minds of the readers Oh, well, that's what this article must be about. Right. This article must be about how Reddick is a softy crying in the corner. Never mind the fact that fans, fans in quotes, right. poor acting fans are throwing trash onto the flipping field of play. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm like no, really getting I'm really getting upset because say that first. Right. Don't don't go into the whole thing like oh he's a softy oh okay well he I don't have to read the rest of this we know this already at the very least if they're going to talk about him crying in the mm -hmm. corner they should probably have REM playing in the background so they can know that or maybe an actual corner <laughs> but the outfield wall it's sort of rounded off I mean maybe mm. there's some you can corners. go in the right field corner I mean, I you know by the foul pole you know. Get a get a picture of him actually doing but, it, then you can say that. Okay. But I'm, but I'm sorry. This is this is this is the this is the kind of well, we're already rated M for mature. Right. This is the kind of bullshit. Yes. 
we have to deal with. If if Reddick literally went into the outfield corner in the right field corner and started crying, now you can use that terminology because what you've just no. done is reported it factually. Right. Did Reddick do it? No. Highly doubtful. No. Highly doubtful. Now, let me let me bounce off of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So while you, so I'm looking at Bro Bible. Okay. Okay. And we've talked about sports uh, a, a ton with this, okay? Under the topic of culture, which is where they categorize a lot of the stuff with women, mm-hmm. okay? I'd like to read to you because I think oh, you'll I, I think got, you'll get a kick out of this. I got to see this. All right. The name of the of the article which was posted 3 hours ago is Sarah Highland shares painful experience of having a very regrettable tattoo on her butt removed. All right. This is submitted by Paul Saka, which yeah. whose name just is it's hilarious. All one okay, it's yeah. One. Let me let me read this. People make mistakes. People get bad tattoos. Thankfully, there are ways to remove bad tattoos, but tattoo removal can be painful. Thank you for your objective wording so far. That was me right there. Okay. Yeah. Sarah Highland learned this fact the, the hard way as she removed a very regrettable tattoo removed from her butt that so right there we have terrible grammar yeah highland and her best friend katie welch got matching tattoos on their derrieres what is the tattoo you ask a dinosaur no really the cartoonish purple colored dino looks like a cross between yoshi and barney the dinosaur on september 3rd 2017 highland and katie welch debuted their prehistoric matching tattoos on instagram with the caption quote we believe in dinosaurs hashtag dino booty babies <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, with you so far there, buddy. Continuing. Oh, and there's the and there's picture. picture, right? Okay. Okay. Did get uh, over 187,000 likes. But moving on. Two years later, Highland has regrets and is ready to make that adorable dinosaur extinct. Did Sarah no longer appreciate dinosaurs or did her fiancé, Wells Adams, did not appreciate a cartoon? Again, with the grammar, Okay. <laughs> And it says here, Wells Adams did not appreciate a cartoon dinosaur smiling while doing it doggy style. Okay, so we're now we're getting kind of X-rated. Right. Either way, Highland got the dino tattoo removed, and it looked quite painful. The Modern Family star went and saw Nurse Jamie, skincare doctor of the celebrities. The 28-year-old Highland captioned the Instagram video, quote, actual reaction to some laser tattoo removal, end quote. During the procedure, she says, quote, oof, that hurt, spicy. Continuing. Oh, there's more. Highland has four other tattoos, include a hummingbird under her ear. Again with the grammar. This is driving you nuts. It is. It is. The words, quote, follow my heartbeat, end quote, on her left ribcage inked, again with the grammar, an arrow on her spine done by tattooist Max Hansen, and the Robert Frost, quote, the best way out is always through on her right ribcage that was inked by celebrity tattoo artist Dr. Wu. Continuing. In other Sarah Hyland news, because this is clearly related to the topic, the actress and her future husband are getting berated by Wokes Colds online for an Instagram photo. The couple attended a the wedding. Hell is le- a Wokes Cold? I'll let you figure that out. The couple attended a wedding last weekend that had a photo booth. Hyland and Wells were joined by two other couples, and they took a photo. In the pic, 
Well, again, he now now they didn't even spell his name properly. Grabbed Highland's breast, which set off a, a very few miserable people. So now he's get this. The author is getting into uh, his his opinions of basically saying these people who didn't like this are miserable, rather than simply reporting the news. Okay. Quote, in times of gender balance and women's rights and respect, we still see pics like this. We are not moving forward with such mentalities, end quote. One person wrote in the Instagram comments of the photo, according to Entertainment Tonight. And this is where we, we draw the line. Another buzzkill social justice warrior proclaimed, quote, like queens equals like objects. The dissolution of patriarchal gender relations can't come soon enough, end quote. This is why we can't have nice things. So, the author is <laughs> what, now... What was that even about? The author is basically now berating people who didn't like the photo. Okay? Listen. If you want to go to a wedding and get into a photo booth and grab your fiance's breast while the photo is being taken, go right ahead. Okay, that's on you. If you want to post that to your Instagram, I highly would highly recommend you not do that. But okay, let's say you do it. That's still on you. And you're going to have to expect that people are going to make comments like this. All right. Okay. Again, fine. That's their opinion. But now you've got an, a third party coming in and basically saying these people who don't like that are idiots, and and that's why we can't have nice things. Um, that to me is too far. Yeah. Okay. I, the first two parts of that. Let's. I, I don't have an issue with it because you take on the responsibility of the repercussions when you post that photo, okay? And as long as you're okay with that, as long as you're okay with people having the right to express what they don't like about it, which, again, you can see, like, listen, if you don't like it, just don't look at it, right? okay? But, again... Or if you don't have no, anything nice to say, don't, don't say, say it, it at all. But, again, that's on the commenter. And, and those are the repercussions to the person who have, who's posted the photo. That's all. Those are two parties. It's, what they do is up to them. Okay? But then to have this guy come in and basically berate the people who have a problem with it is basically name-calling. What, you know, if he had a serious problem with what these people said in response to these photos... It would be better if he expressed that by saying something smart. Like, I don't know, I'm just kind of riffing off the top of my head. Like, what two people do in a photo booth does not necessarily represent, you know, all of women's rights or, you know, what, come up with an, like something that would actually resemble a decent academic argument right. rather than just saying, you're stupid for, not, for, for saying this. Right. That that is so loaded. That is so yep. ridiculous. Okay, and the reason that I bring this up is because these are the types of things, sports or not, that bro Bible does and fanning the flames. Exactly. And same thing with uh, barstool, for example. Um, to kind of drive this home, this is an article that I encountered from Slate, Slate.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you can say what you want about Slate. Maybe you maybe you look at Slate the same under the same category as 
bro Bible. I don't think it is, but who knows? I'll, well, that's, a, that's a topic for another time. Right. Okay. This article came out on January 16th, 2014. Uh, the author's name is Amanda Hess. And the title is, and this is where we really get mature. So if you've been okay with things so far, I'm, fair warning. Okay. We're going to say some naughty words now, as if we didn't already. The title is The Evolution of the Bro. They're down with boobs, but not rape culture. Meet the gentlemen of Bro Bible. Allow me to read some of this to you. So she's reporting on Bro Bible. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, the first part of this is basically how Bro Bible got started. And it got started with the, Bar- the Barry, the Boston Marathon bombing suspect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what happened was. Um, let me just read it. Sure. When the FBI released surveillance photos of Boston Marathon bombing suspect, and I can't pronounce this guy's name, Zokar Sarnev, mm-hmm. is that close enough? Yeah. On April 18th, 2013, Brandon uh, Wennard spied something familiar in the image of a 19-year-old guy strolling through Boston in a gray Adidas hoodie, his crop of curly hair tamed by a white, uh, backwards white cap. Quote, I thought, quote, wow, this is truly the world our site exists in. Okay, so he's ending his sentence with a preposition. I'm getting upset again. Says Wernerd, a sen- yeah, our site exists. Right, exactly. <laughs> Says Wernerd, a senior editor of Bro Bible, a website that serves the interests of 18 to 34-year-old men, girls, beer, finger foods, etc. Quote, he lives in the Northeast. He's a college student. By all means, he could even be a Bro Bible reader, end quote. So while police combed Waterton, Mass. in pursuit of its fugitive, Werner and his fellow editors tapped into their bro, uh, their brochal networks. The next <laughs> okay, morning, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. The next morning, <laughs> Bro Bible editor Andy Moore published Zarnev's personal Twitter account on the site, confirming its authenticity through a classmate of a suspect of the suspect at the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth. Bro Bible beat Gawker, BuzzFeed, The New York Times, and CNN to the scoop. It was a really cool, newsworthy, newsworthy moment for us, says Werner. Dave Weigel gave us an awesome hat tip. So in this case, basically what they're saying is Bro Bible got uh, some kick because they beat all of these other news uh, outlets to the punch in helping them find the Boston Marathon bomber. Continuing. It isn't every week that the frat publishing community produces a story with national security implications, but over the past few years, Bro Bible has graduated from a purveyor of hot girl photo galleries and sick kegger stories to become a reliable source of mainstream news on the scandalous behavior of college-aged men and the deranged sorority girls who love them. When the site launched in 2008, Gawker dismissed it as an outlet for e-high-fiving about Jaeger and pussy. Five years later... Viral content providers ignore Bro Bible at their own peril. Whenever a bro drunkenly flips a car, smears on blackface, drapes an American flag over his penis, or pens a fraternity-wide guide to conversing with Jewish sorority girls, Bro Bible is there first. Platforms like Jezebel, The Huffington Post, and The Daily Mail aren't far behind. According to Quantcast, the site... Uh, now attracts 6.3 million unique visitors per month, up from a peak of 2.4 million in 2011. 81% of them are men. And Bro Bible isn't the only fratty publisher feeding the viral beast. 
bro-centric site Guyism was one of the first to amplify last May's video interview. I have to scroll down now. With Charles Ramsey, hero to Ariel Castro's kidnapping victims. He's the one who um, has the site, uh, the song uh, "Help Me Get Out." That was oh. the, kind of that that follow up to uh, Antoine Dodson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and th- and though Total Frat Move launched as a repository for one line jokes about frat boys requiring a stewardess assistance in order to fasten your seatbelt. Hashtag TFM. It's since established a tip line for collecting evidence of real-life fraternity antics. Early bro internet icons like Tucker Max rose to infamy by celebrating their own misanthropic tendencies. But Bro Bible's editors are more evolved, making a bid for mainstream recognition by drawing fine moral distinctions within their own community. Quote, there's still a negative stigma attached to the word bro, end quote, Bro Bible managing editor Jake uh, Cam admits. Quote, but we're slowly changing that connotation, end quote. On first glance, Bro Bible's worldview tends toward the sophomoric recent story subjects. Uh, uh, sorry, worldview tends toward the sophomoric. Recent story subjects include bouncing boobs, painting boobs, and a potato that looks like boobs. But read closer, and you'll find that much of the site's content trades in more enlightened views. Bro Bible supports gay bros. Rape culture is in the Bro Bible vocabulary. When a feminist group recently pranked the site by mocking up a fake Bro Bible post to help spread its message of consent, Bro Bible's editors supported the effort. And when, last month, a Georgia Tech bro sent an email to his fraternity dealing, uh, detailing how to lure in, quote, rape bait, end quote, at campus parties, Bro Bible's and Jezebel's editors were equally outraged. While sites like Jezebel seize on incidents like that to draw a line between the misogynist and the feminist, Bro Bible's moral landscape is divided into bro-worthy and douchey behavior. Bro surf awesome Oahu waves, douches take advantage of drunk girls. Celebrate, uh, oh, I see. Bros surf awesome Oahu waves. I can't read like you. Douches take advantage of drunk girls. Celebrating the bros and shaming the douches is, quote, the yin and yang of our editorial mission, Wenard says. And for the record, guys like Tucker Max are douchebags. Have the bros truly grown into men? Not exactly. Holding up extreme douches for scrutiny is just one arm of the site's editorial strategy. It also courts its core audience by indulging in the type of softly offensive material that keeps bros clicking. On Bro Bible, bruised bacon hole is an acceptable synonym for vagina, and the ideal position for a woman is bent over at the waist. It's a place where young men are still free to indulge in the type of base material that boxes women out, as long as they don't state their allegiance too pointedly in a fraternity-wide email. In an op-ed for Bro Bible that pleaded for the public to differentiate bros from, quote, misogynist fucking douchebags, end quote, Wenard waxed nostalgic for, quote, the time when bro was defined as simply being, quote, a guy in board shorts with a taste for cheap beer, end quote, end quote. If that guy seems chill, it's because he's a relic of a time when bros were judged only by the color of their solo cups, not the content of their character. That's the end of the article. I'll let you take that in for a second. So essentially, this article is basically saying, okay, so they put up a good show saying that they're all for all these things. Right. Except they don't walk the walk. No. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. 
or it's like the equivalent of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Right. Like, they, they think, oh, well, you know, that's like saying, um, well, this, you know, it this, this, this wolf eats red meat, and this wolf eats meat that's slightly cooked. Well, the wolf is still eating meat. Right. Right. So it's like, it it, it does, you know, it's like choosing between a turd sandwich, (laughs) like the giant douche. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, essentially you're, it's there. It it is, it is, it like hurts to think about it. It hurts like the, the side of my forehead. It hurts like right underneath my ear. Basically, the to, to put I, it I just, to put it gently, they're talking the talk, unlike um, uh, Barstool would, mm-hmm. in saying, well, you know, we we know that rape culture is a thing, and we you know we say that it's not it's not acceptable, yada yada yada, but they still have acceptable synonyms uh, like the bruised bacon hole and the be- ideal position for a woman is bent over at the waist. So they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, right. unlike Barstool. Which is trying to basically just say, no, for the purposes of consistency, we're going to say that we completely align with this asinine uh, train of thought. And the fact of the matter is that, okay, even if... So one has more conviction than, I guess than so. the other. Glad you could support uh, Barstool on this. But, the, but, the, but, but even... No, if, I, I meant that in a... So, I know, I'm just messing you know, with you. Sean's yeah. a terrible person. Write it down. I'm only kidding. Um, but, no, I am. <laughs> but the point here is that even if you guys at Bro Bible are saying everything's cool, your articles that we read earlier in the show say otherwise. Right. You don't say what you said in the tones that you said. That was kind of a dumb way of saying it. It's a very I said yoga, uh, Yogi Berra sort of Yogi Berra way. kind of way? Yeah. You said Yoda kind of way. Yeah. It's like, like yoga kind of I way? Yogi. Like, like Dalsu from Street Fighter? Forget it. Anyway, but what you said does not back up what you claim you believe. Right. You can't use the language that you used in these articles and then tell us in these in these other reports that you, you know, are trying to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't say a bro is different from a douche and say you're, you know, you you are trying to promote bros, but you still write stuff in ways that make you act like a douche. Right. Okay. Doesn't work that way. I understand that, you know, specifically when it comes to humor. Okay. I understand how we all have our senses of humor. Okay. When we turn these microphones off and we, you and I are just hanging out, we say things in a, in a joking manner that are somewhat offensive. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're funny. Yep. To us. Okay, right. but we wouldn't we, we don't say them out in public mm-hmm. as best we can right. because other people would find them offensive. Right. Okay. Um, we don't write them like they do on these sites because you know you with, with when you write something you can't always tell tone. So you, you they might try and hide behind the idea that they're just trying to be funny, but satire doesn't work that way. Right. You know. So. It, you, you, I learned this the hard way, is that telling people to just lighten up, it's a joke, does not always work. 
you have to think of other people. Okay. And you have to think if I say this, if I do this, how will somebody else react? Am I saying or doing something that if I'm not 110% clear of my intention here of trying to be a joke or be funny, could people take it the wrong way? Do I know my audience? Okay. And granted, the flip side to that also works because there are situations where you have to suspend that. If you go to a comedy show, you have to understand that the comic will probably say things that are offensive. Okay, that that's the nature of it. If you don't like that, you don't go to the comedy show. Mm-hmm. So, I guess you could make the argument that you say you don't like this, don't read Bro Bible. Fine, but here's the thing, and and maybe this is how we how we wrap it up. If you don't like Bro Bible, don't read it. Don't demand that they get shut down. Okay, that's freedom of the press. The way that they get shut down, press. Yeah. The way that they get shut down is when people stop reading it, not when you demand action, when you when you demand the cancel culture. Okay, you have a problem with this stuff, and we've pointed out that this stuff is not helping sportsmanship. No. Okay, this stuff is for 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 our purposes, from for the purposes of OSIP, what sites like Bro Bible do is not good. Okay, but I'll, I'll as as the founder, president, and CEO, I'll be the first one to tell tell you. I'm not calling for them to be shut down because that cancel culture stuff doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you want to make a difference, stop clicking, stop reading. When their numbers go down, the advertisers stop coming in. When the bottom line is affected, change happens. Okay. A lot of change in our culture happens when money becomes involved. When we Mm -hmm. start losing money is when you start to see things change. Yeah. Rather than legislating the change. It's not, it's not a foolproof way to do things, but when it comes to our, our economy, it kind of is. Yeah, because if one person has a lot of money and they feel a certain way, that could be, that could kind of hurt a little bit. But, mm-hmm. take, but it's a, I think it's a combination of a lot of people need to realize the, the poor message. Right. And that... Maybe there's more to this than just, you know, being completely subjective. Right. And right off the bat without divulging the story Mm -hmm. first. And what real information do you get from it? Right. It's you're not learning anything. Yeah, that's the other thing you gotta ask. Are you learning anything? Or are you just trying to get your rocks off by doing this? Right. You know, are you reading the story about Sarah Hyland just because she's hot and you want to have sex with her? Right. Okay. If that's what you're doing, fine. Yeah. Okay. But you have to but know. Then, but then don't claim that as a credible. Right. Or, or as an integ- a news source that has integrity. Right. Know that you're doing that for your own entertainment and it stays within the confines of your own home or wherever it is that you're reading that, you know, the little area there. Okay. You're not then going to go out and advertise it basically saying, hey, Sarah Hyland did this. And I think because of I have this info, she may want to have sex with me. Right. Doesn't work that way. No. Okay. <sighs> this was good. This was really good. And this is a topic that keeps on evolving. Yeah. Okay. Sportsmanship in the media doesn't stop. No. These are, these are. 
These are weird times. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think we just started to scratch the surface on this stuff. Yep. I mean, I'm, there's more to come, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you but, know. But, but thank you for bringing this to our attention, Sean, yep. because it was your idea yeah. that you said Bro Bible is another site that does this after, after kind of discovering that. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll tell you what. If anybody from Bro Bible wants to come on and, and debate this with us, let us know. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, honestly, uh, it can, this is completely, maybe there's something we're missing. It could be, you know, it could be. we're guys. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if people know this, but you and I are both men. Mm-hmm. And when we read some of this stuff, you know, we are somewhat attracted to the stories about mm-hmm. Sarah Hyland's butt. Right. Okay. I, I, I think it's fair to say that that's okay. But then to, you know, to then go off on the tangents of, you know, denouncing people, you know, for their beliefs and this, that, that's where we draw the line. Right. Listen, I don't think either of us have any problem looking at pictures of Sarah Hyland's fiance grabbing her breast. I think that's okay. <laughs> okay? But it kind of stops there. Right. Because we're men. Yeah. All right? But you don't go around telling other people to lighten up. Or that, as a, you know. As a result. Or I also don't go around saying, every, yeah, saying this is okay or not okay. Right. What they want to do is up to them, mm-hmm. and if they're going to post the picture, I'm going to look at it and go, "Nice, okay." But I'm not. But but <laughs> at that, that's where it stops. I don't go to other people and say, "You need to agree with me," and if you don't, you're stupid. Right. Okay. If you if you feel the exact opposite of me, that that makes you an idiot. I think what happens with these the, the term is social justice warrior mm-hmm. is that when people who who are quote unquote classified that way talk about it they go on the attack okay and the fact of the matter is if we can get a little therapy session going here before we end real soon it's that expressing your your feelings and your opinions about this need need to be done in a vulnerable way talk about how it makes you feel not about how the other person wronged you mm-hmm. don't use the term you use the term i say i don't like this this is how this makes me feel. Not, you are stupid for doing that. You are wrecking America. You are a terrible person, etc. Even though I can deduce from how you say that what the problem right. what the problem would be. Right. But you need to be the person to admit it. Exactly. That, so maybe know, what, to, what, what, what's going on. To go full circle, to go back to the Sarah Hyland story, you know, we were just, we were, we were denouncing the author of the story and now I can, I can say for the purposes of fairness, I can also denounce these social justice warriors by saying, listen, I don't disagree that you're not allowed to have your opinion, okay? But you expressed your opinion in a way that was, you know, on the attack as if to defend yourselves to say that the other people are wrong. Sarah Hyland was not allowed to do this. How dare she do this? Mm-hmm. If you instead expressed your opinion by saying, I didn't like that she did this. I didn't like it. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's you expressing your thoughts about how you feel. That's completely different than saying, Sarah Hyland should be ashamed of herself. She's a terrible person. Right. Just talk about how you didn't like it. That's it. Right, because you don't know what's going on. Right. Right. Vulnerability here is the key to communication. Mm. I think that's a profound line to end on. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're done. We're done. Sean, thank you.
Thank you. This was good. Yeah. This scratches the surface of it, and I'm sure we'll talk about this again. Sounds good. If you have any thoughts on this topic, you'd like to share your thoughts on this topic, please drop us an email at podcast at osipfoundation.org. You can also go to osipfoundation.org and click on the share your, your story uh, page in order to, to give us some uh, topics or thoughts about this stuff. Um, always keep the conversation going on social media, facebook.com slash Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at Foundation hashtag how you play the game. We'd love to hear from you. These topics require your interaction. They require your conversation in order to make, make a difference and to get people to understand how we need to talk about these things. Even if you don't want to talk about them, I hope that you at least take from it how you can talk about it. Okay? Make it about how you feel not about what the other person did wrong. So until next time, when we are in December and the holidays are upon us, have a happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, American listeners and everybody treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.